You're listening to Shalise's podcast. So let's go ahead and jump in with today's topic. Let me start off in prayer and then we'll go for it. All right. Well, Father, thank you for another opportunity to hear from you. Thank you that this is a divine appointment for everyone that is listening. Thank you that the good news is so good that it is it, it takes the grace of God to wrap our heads around it. But you've got more than enough grace for us to do that. And so we just rely on you, Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding today so that we can know the hope of our calling and we can enter into the fullness of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Thank you, Father, that you are so good. You are good to us. You are a good, good Father. And you provide everything that we need. You're a supernatural provider. You provide the wisdom, the grace, the peace, the understanding, the, the, the heaven on earth that we need, Father, in order to live the life that you have provided for us in Christ. And so we just jump into today's broadcast full of expectation, full of anticipation, knowing that you are uh, speaking to each of us individually with a word of encouragement and uh, just a word in due season, Father, that is going to propel us into believing more, believing for more, believing that we are who you say we are and that we can do what you've destined us to do because we live in union with you. And it's by your grace that we are who we are, that we are in Christ. It's by your grace that we are saved and made whole. And we thank you, Father, that your grace is sufficient. So we just are excited today to hear from you, and we thank you in advance for all of the good things that you're going to be sharing with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Whitney. Good morning, guys. So glad that you are here. I'm excited about today's topic. This is a topic that I really believe has the power to change our lives in a really dramatic way. I'm going to be talking today about the grace of God. And the grace of God, in my opinion, is a a subject that is, I don't know, not fully understood by the majority of believers because it is such, uh, it makes the Christian life doable, number one. It makes the Christian life fun and it takes us out of the business of performance. It takes us out of the business of trying to work for something that Jesus has already accomplished. And I'm calling, you know, this is the next um, teaching in the Christian Contradiction series, and I'm calling this one, We Are Saved by Grace, But. And I just want to start out by saying that that but can be a really big but in our walk with Jesus. Um, and we need to get our big but out of the way, if I can say it that way, because the grace of God is truly uh, the thing that it just leads to a life of, of, of miracles. It leads to a life of ease and rest. And I know that a lot of us are working way, way, way too hard to receive from God and to experience the fullness of life that is in Christ Jesus. So I want to hop off today in a popular scripture, and I want to talk about the importance of understanding that 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 everything that we've received from God is a gift. And everything is provided to us by the grace of God, meaning grace is God's ability to do 
what we cannot do. It is the power of God. It is the very power that has saved us. It is the power that enables us, as I said earlier, to walk in the spirit and live a victorious Christian life. And so I want to, I want to highlight, I want to emphasize the grace of God today so that you and I can just stop working so hard. Uh, to be blessed and working so hard, you know, to, to advance in our purpose and in our destiny. So I want to start today in a, a scripture that's a very popular scripture. It's Ephesians uh, 2.8, and I've got it pulled up here, so let me go to it. And I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation, because you guys know how much I love the Passion Translation. Uh, but here's what it says in Ephesians 2.8. It says, for by grace you have been saved by faith. Other translations say, for by grace through faith, okay? But this one says, for by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. So I really love the way the Passion Translation highlights uh, that salvation is a gift, and it's not based upon our own efforts. It's not not based upon our own striving. It's not based upon. It's not a reward system that's based upon us doing everything right and being good little boys and girls. It is a gift, okay? And a lot of times, when when people have heard of this scripture or they 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 know this scripture, there's a couple of things that I feel like are are misinterpreted. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about the word saved. Okay, what does it mean to be saved? Okay, a lot of people think that it, to be saved means that, it, that we are saved from hell, that the primary purpose of salvation is to get us to heaven. And that is not at all what the, the word saved actually refers to. In fact, the Greek word sozo is this beautiful word that really implies wholeness. It really implies the wholeness of God, okay? There's certain uh, translations or certain definitions of it that talk about that the fullness of that word means to be, when you translate sozo into English, that it definitely means to be saved, uh, but it, it means much more than that. It means to be delivered. It means to be prosperous, okay? It means to be whole, and really the primary thing that we are being saved from, you guys, is we are being saved from ourselves. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that we are being saved from separation from God. We are being saved from a life of living independent from God and from having an identity that is separate or apart or independent from the Godhead, from the Father, from Jesus, and from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I talk a lot about this in my broadcast. I talk about the fall of man. I talk about what happened when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm not going to go into that in, in detail today because I teach on it. I mean, I think even last podcast I taught pretty in depth about that. But what I want to say about it today is that the primary problem that has plagued the human race since the fall is this idea that we have an independent self. It's this idea that we have this, this human nature that is independent from God's nature. And in fact, 
there is no such thing as a human nature, right? There are only two alternatives here, okay? There is God's nature, the, 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 the nature of light, the nature of truth, right? Uh, and there is the nature of the enemy. There's the nature of the kingdom of darkness, which obviously is darkness and error or lies. And so there is no in-between. There's no such thing as half-truth, right? There's no such thing as it as you being partially filled with light. It is a mutually exclusive choice here. And the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil really uh, explain that, that there's really only two choices and there's only two natures. And so a sin nature is the very nature of Satan himself. It's the nature of the accuser and the, 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 the nature of life and the nature of righteousness and the nature of holiness is the nature of God. And so why is that important? Because when I say that the grace of God has saved us, or when Ephesians 2.8 says the grace of God has saved us, we really need to know what we have been saved from, okay? And we want to talk about it in the context of grace, and I want to talk about it in the context of faith, but we really need to understand this primary deception that there is somehow an independent you that is operating independent from God. Okay, the only way we can operate independent from God is to operate in the nature of the enemy, to operate in the kingdom of darkness. There's no, you know, middle ground. You know, a lot of us have this idea that like, you know, there's a good cop, bad cop, like, you know, the devil's tempting us on one side and the Holy Spirit's over here and we, we've got this like struggle in, in, and we're like this neutral Switzerland in the middle here that's trying to make a decision between good and evil. And what I want to say is that there's really only two places that we can live. We can abide in Adam, okay, which is the old man. And when I say abide in that, it's really in our minds or we can abide in Christ. And again, it's, it's a reality that that exists regardless if we're aware of it or not, but we do need to renew our minds to it if we're going to experience eternal life. And by eternal life, I just mean the life of God. Okay, so when we think about salvation as salvation from ourselves or salvation from our own efforts or our own striving or our own independence, it really changes the context of the scripture. Okay, so when we are saved, when we are made whole by grace, okay, definitely through faith, but we'll talk about that in a moment. When we are saved by grace, we are saved into a new reality. We are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. In fact, we are translated into Jesus himself. And it is the grace of God that has done this transfer, okay? Jesus was crucified honestly, before the foundation of the world from God's perspective. In Ephesians 1, it says we were chosen in Christ uh, before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So God's choice to save humanity, to undo the works of Adam, was made prior to the fall. We were in Christ before we were in Adam. Now, I know this is kind of like a mind-blowing concept, but we have to really understand that the book of Ephesians, if you read it from a chronological standpoint, actually belongs before the book of Genesis because it's talking about things that happened before the foundation of the world. Why is this important? Because it was the grace of God that caused us to be saved. It was God's choice. It was God's doing. He made the decision to put on skin and to... Uh, participate in the incarnation so that he could, in fact, 
undo what Adam had done. Jesus is the undoing of Adam. And because of that, it affected the whole human race in the same way that Adam, you know, uh, caused the entire human race to fall. Jesus undid what Adam did for the entire human race. Now, why is this important? Because truthfully, it's by the grace of Adam that we inherited the nature of independence, the nature of the enemy, the nature of pride, the delusion of the enemy that he is self-existent apart from God. And that was by the grace of Adam. And what do I mean by that? I mean that Adam did this without our participation. We didn't have a choice in it. We didn't We didn't uh, choose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil ourselves. This was an inheritance, you guys. Now, granted, it's not something that we wanted to inherit. I don't know about you, but I didn't want to inherit death. I didn't want to inherit uh, sin uh, populating this planet. I didn't choose. And so, in fact, the fact that I... Sorry, the fact that I didn't have anything to do with it, with what Adam did, is an, is a really good way to understand how grace works. Okay, grace is something that is done without our participation. And the truth is, in the same way Adam caused the human race to fall without our participation, Jesus Christ redeemed humanity, redeemed the cosmos, in fact. It says in Colossians chapter 1, without our participation, without our without our uh, permission. Okay, Jesus did this of his own free will. He was obedient unto death. He he submitted himself to the cross and to death. And, and, and through his obedience, many, it says in Romans chapter five, were made righteous. And so I, I want to put it in the context of that, because if you're going to understand the grace of God, you really have to understand that there is no human element in it, that this is God, God's uh, sovereign act. This is his, what he has accomplished by himself on his own, okay? And so it is by God's sovereign act and on his own, through his own power, that we were saved from ourselves. We were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and put into Jesus Christ. Now, the faith part of this, you have to kind of understand, if you understand faith without understanding union, you're gonna fall back into a place of striving. You're going to fall back into a place of working for blessings and working for the reward of God. And you're going to start to try to have faith in and of yourself to try to get God to move. And the truth of the matter is that God has already moved. And faith is a better, a better definition of faith is that it's simply a response. It's just the, honestly, the natural or the, when I say natural, I just mean it's the, the obvious response to hearing what God has done. Okay. Faith is simply a, a rest. Okay. It's simply a rest in what Jesus has accomplished. In fact, in Hebrews chapter, uh, I think four, it talks about who those who have believed enter into rest. And the whole point of faith is to rest inside of Jesus Christ and to rest in what Jesus Christ has accomplished. And when we rest in the finished works of Jesus, guess what? We're in faith. We're, ha- we're in faith. And that faith is also a gift. Okay, the, 
the grace of God provides faith, okay? It's not the cross plus you choosing something independent of God. The grace of God is what gives us the power to believe. The grace of God is what gives us the power to respond. The grace of God is the animator of the Christian life. And the grace of God is powerful enough to get the job done. This is why scriptures like, you know, um, that grace is made perfect in our weakness. Why? Because it doesn't require human effort to be a Christian. In fact, it is impossible to live a Christian life through human effort. That is honestly the antithesis of what it means to be a Christian because the definition of a Christian is to live in Christ. Okay, now I want to go to another scripture that um, really highlights this concept of rest and this concept of us not existing apart from Jesus and us not doing having to do anything on our own to inherit the kingdom, to inherit eternal life, to inherit the nature of God. I mean, even the, the nature of us having an inheritance means that we didn't work for it, means that we didn't earn it. Okay, so the next scripture that I want to go to is I want to go over to uh, Galatians, and I want to go to Galatians 2.20. And I love this scripture in the Passion Translation. It is so powerful. Here's what it says. Uh, it says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered, now get this, by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing, dispensing, sorry, his life into mine. Okay, and then verse 21 says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, so that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. Okay, I want to say it another way here. For if by performing and doing the right things could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. Now, what I want to say about this, it talks about how we are now empowered in our new life by the faith of the Son of God. I want to come against this idea and this deception that we have faith apart from Jesus. And again, if you do not have a foundational understanding of the gospel as the pronouncement of a new creation, the pronouncement that that we now live in union with God, at one with God, right? Christ in us is now the hope of glory. And that if you don't have that foundationally established, honestly, in your psyche, in your way of thinking, okay, that, that your identity now is completely identified with Jesus, that you were co-crucified, Romans 6 talks about that we were buried with him, right? We, we were, um, there's many scriptures that talk about that his resurrection is our resurrection, that we were raised with him, Colossians 3, uh, Romans 6, it talks about our resurrection, Ephesians 2 talks about our ascension with him. There is no you that exists anymore apart from Jesus. You have died to 
human existence apart from Christ. Uh, in, in Colossians chapter 3, it also talks that, 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 that Jesus' crucifixion has severed your tie to this life. So when you think about the fact that you are co-crucified, that you, are, you, you were on the cross mystically, even before you were born, that you were being crucified with Jesus, that the old nature, the Adamic nature was being crucified on the cross uh, before you were even born, then it makes sense that it is impossible for there to be such a thing as just human faith. Okay, faith apart from Jesus is still works. Okay, working to believe is still works. Okay, and this is where the grace of God comes into play because the faith is a gift. Faith is the operation of Jesus's life being expressed through us. And faith comes, it talks to us in Romans about this, by hearing. Hearing delivers faith. Okay, let me see, let me pull up the scripture so that you can um, come with me. And what I want to say with that about the hearing delivers faith. See, it wasn't human faith that empowered us to believe the gospel and therefore confess Christ and now we are saved. No, the very hearing of the gospel came with the grace of God and it came with the gift of faith embedded in it. Okay, so the, the, the word of God delivers faith. Okay, so when we heard the voice, heard the, the, the gospel, when we heard the good news, we heard it and it delivered the faith for us to respond. It was the natural expression, the natural response of the gift of God, of the faith of Jesus Christ in operation and the grace of God manifesting in our lives so that we then uh, experienced salvation. The grace of God brought the faith for us to experience salvation. Okay, now these are, I'm talking a little fast here and this is worth listening to more than once because when we don't understand that we have nothing in our own selves, apart from Jesus, that it's all a gift, and that we now live and move and have our being inside of God, then and only then does living a Christian life make sense because it's not us living it. It's Christ in us living it. And so if we are going to experience the fullness of what it means to live in union with Jesus and experience the fullness of of our inheritance in Christ, then we absolutely have to uh, depend on and operate from this place of the grace of God, or in other words, the, the power of God in our lives that comes through that union. And really the only thing that's left to do is just hear. Because when we hear God, faith comes with it, okay? Now I wanted to go to that scripture about faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay, so let me go over to Romans 10 and let's look there for a moment. And I, I'll pull it up in the Passion Translation. Let's just see what it says in the Passion Translation. But let's go over to, to Romans chapter 10. Well, let me just start here in verse 17, okay? It says, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. God's faith is birthed in a heart that responds to God's utterance. Let me go in the New King James Version, because that's the one that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
So in, in the New King James Version, it says this. So then faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Okay, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What I want to say is that faith is a gift that comes from God. Okay, it is Jesus's faith. We just read that in Galatians, right? It is, it's Jesus's faith. And then we hear God. Okay, the faith that 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 what in whatever God is speaking is a part of what we've heard. So this is why I talk about the importance of hearing God. I mean, Jesus lived in union with the Father, and He said, "Of my own self, I can do nothing." Right? He says, "But as I hear, I judge." Uh, John five thirty. He says, "And my judgment is just and never self serving, because I seek the will of the one who sent me." And so this concept of living in union with God and living by the grace of God is a lifestyle that is lived in union with the Father. And when we, we, we get out of the business of, of thinking we can do anything on our own and we get into the business of just hearing and being led by the Spirit, the grace of God begins to flow through our lives and the faith to move and do what God is doing is the gift that we receive, okay? Over and over again, Jesus said, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't operate independently. It just means that you've stepped into a place of works and striving and self-effort. This is why the picture of abiding, being a branch and a vine is so beautiful because it says when a branch is severed it's just it's just thrown into the fire it's it's just it's 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 absolutely good for nothing <laughs> and so living in this place where we are striving and trying to accomplish what only god really can accomplish uh, through us is absolutely futile so practically what does this mean shalice okay it means that we first of all need to become hearers of god we need to cultivate the ability to be led by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. And when I say cultivate it, we just need to be aware. We need to be aware of our union with God. We need to be aware that, that, that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in us and that we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we're in Christ inside of him where his mind is, okay? And so we all have the ability to be led by the Spirit. We all have the ability to hear God. However, most people are not aware of their union. Most people have all kinds of programming around their ability to hear from God. And so they aren't experiencing the life that comes from abiding and from simply following, from for simply becoming like a little, little child and just hearing the Father's instructions and allowing the Father to work through them. This truly is a life that is void of human effort. We simply hear and do, right? It says that those that are hearers of the word in James, it says those that are hearers of the word and not doers of the word become self-deceived. They're like men that look in the mirror and then go away from the mirror and forget who they are, right? And so this hearing and this doing is the lifestyle of the believer, it's a constant connection. It's a constant abiding. And when we are in that place of constantly abiding and, and perpetually remembering 
that there is no us apart from Christ, then we don't have to conjure up faith. We don't have to conjure up anything. We can simply rely on the grace of God. There is grace to do what God is asking you to do. There is grace to believe. There is grace to receive. There is grace to simply operate as a son of God. So let me take a breath here for a second because this is a Selah message, right? It's like, wow, wait a second. Most of us have been working too hard to receive from God, working too hard to do the works of God. And the reason that we've been doing that primarily is because we have a a default way of thinking that causes us to be independent from God. And so we think we have to believe. We think we have to receive rather than stepping into Christ, which is the place of rest where we've already received. We're not working for something that Christ has already done. We're simply resting in the finished works of Jesus. So practically, what does this look like? It looks like, as I said earlier, hearing God and simply resting in whatever it is that he's speaking to you and taking spirit-inspired action based upon how the spirit of God is leading you. And there is grace to make those actions. There is grace to obey God. There is plenty of grace, plenty of grace. And, you know, I encourage you guys, you know, it might be fun to just hop into a concordance or hop into, you know, a Google search of scriptures that have to do with the grace of God. And I'll tell you, if we spend as much time understanding the grace of God as we did trying to understand faith and muster it up and work on believing, I'll tell you, life would be much, much simpler. I love the the passage in Zechariah that talks about, you know, speak grace, grace to the mountain. A lot of times we just need to speak the word of grace. A lot of times we just need to, to, to meditate on the grace of God and then just simply speak the grace of God. Lord, I need grace. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the grace for this situation. Thank you for the grace of whatever it is that you're facing. Thank you for the grace for my needs to be met. Thank you for the grace that heals my body. Thank you for the grace that causes me to believe the gospel. Thank you for the grace that causes my mind to be renewed. Thank you for the grace. I mean, when we just become into that place of thankfulness for God's ability to work in us and through us, I'll tell you, it, it, it cultivates this place of of. Glory, honestly, glory where life becomes just an expression of the grace of God. So, beloved, here's the thing. Faith is a gift. Even uh, our ability to believe God is a gift. And when we hear the voice of God, when we hear the good news of the gospel, when we hear the message of what Jesus has accomplished, faith rises in our hearts. You know that to be true. It's happening right now just while I'm teaching the gospel. There's a faith that rises up in us. And it's a, it's a fruit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. It's a gift. It's the grace of Jesus Christ expressing himself through us. And so really, you know, the best news that we could ever hear is that we have been saved from a life of independence. We've been saved from having to perform for God. We've been saved from having to perform for rewards. We've been saved from having to do, uh, you know, religious calisthenics to actually receive something from God. 
We are complete in him. We have sozo life inside of us. We have salvation. We have wholeness. We have deliverance. We have prosperity within us because we now live in the kingdom of God. And all that is left to do is simply be led by the Holy Spirit so that the kingdom of God can manifest through our lives as we live in union with Jesus. So that is the gospel. Grace is so awesome, you guys. You know, I learned years ago that apart from Jesus, really, life is exhausting. And that I don't have to live that way anymore. I don't have to try to conjure up and, and work for the blessings of God. That, that all that heaven contains, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, has already been lavished upon us in Christ. And so all that we do now is just rest Rest in the provision of God. Rest in the salvation of God. Rest in what Jesus has accomplished. And now we're free. Just follow the Holy Spirit. This is a life that is, that is childlike in its simplicity. You know, we just, we don't have to really know much. We just need to just be able to hear and do. We need to follow the leader. We need to be able to, to follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. And here's the good news. There's grace to do it. There is grace to do this. And here's what I know. As we meditate on this and as we major on the grace of God, oh, life becomes easy. Life becomes ease. Life becomes the, we, we, we put on that, that easy yoke of Jesus, right? And we let him do the work, right? We live our life by the faith of the son of God. So I'm going to leave you today once again with the truth of Galatians, uh, of the scripture in Galatians that I read in Galatians 2.20 that says this, okay, because this is about you. And I'm going to read it like it's about you, okay? Your old identity, your independent identity has been co-crucified with Christ and it no longer lives, okay? The essence of your new life, okay, is no longer yours, for the anointed one, Jesus, lives his life through you. You live with Jesus in union. You live in union as one with him. And your new life is now empowered by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of Jesus has now become your faith through your union with him. So why? Because he loves you so much that he gave himself for you. And he dispensed his life into yours. You no longer have a life that is independent from the Godhead. You live and move and breathe and have your being inside of God. You have his faith. You have his righteousness. You have his holiness. You have all that he is. You have his nature. And you are now capable of expressing God because God expresses himself through you. So, beloved, let the grace of God crucify your old thinking, okay? Let the grace of God help you put on the new man so that you can cease from a life of striving and enjoy your inheritance, enjoy the freedom of life that exists inside of Jesus. Okay, deal? All right. Well, Father, thank you that the good news is always better than we've been thinking. 
and thank you that the grace of God is here with us today to even help us understand it, to help us grasp it, and to help us experience it. So Holy Spirit, we just receive your grace. We say yes to your grace. We come into agreement with a lifestyle of grace. We thank you that we don't have to be smart because you use the foolish things to confound the wise. We thank you that we don't have to be strong because the Holy Spirit is our strengthener and his grace is made perfect in our weakness. Thank you that as we rely on the grace of God and we rest in the place of union with him, that your faith, our faith becomes effectual by simply acknowledging all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. Faith is a gift and we receive it today, God. Thank you that we hear from you and that your grace and your faith is being transferred uh, to our actions, God, and to our heart simply as we hear. And so, God, I bless every single one, Father, with a greater revelation of your grace, with a greater revelation of the gospel, and, and a overwhelming sense of rest and peace and completion. And we thank you for it. We give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, awesome, you guys. It was great to be with you today. And I just believe that as you meditate and listen to this message uh, again, that you are going to get it and that you are going to experience more supernatural living than you ever thought possible when you just give up trying to do anything apart from Jesus. All right, you guys, God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.